It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey, yeah, yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Welcome to Judd's Hockey Show. It is a one-timer. It's look at Declan Goff. And uh, Declan... I tweeted this last night. In fact, I got the score wrong. But I said with the Naturally. Wild Something playing, I would do. playing terrible hockey, coming off an embarrassing loss in Pittsburgh in which the head coach didn't even turn in the right lineup card. Minnesota Wilds coming home to start a seven-game homestand. They're going to play the Tampa Bay Lightning, recently winners of 10 in a row. You knew the Minnesota Lightning would win, and sure enough, 3-2. The Minnesota Lightning, the Minnesota Wild. You Minnesota just did it Wild. again. Uh, yeah, I think... They had the Lightning's number. This is so peak wild. So peak wild. They come in losing, what, 6 of 8. A free fall in the playoffs. Everyone's winning above them. And, of course, now here start, it's going to start the run here. This is, this is how this goes with this team. You it's this a roller time. coaster. Like it, goes, it goes down, and then it goes right back up. I thought everyone played a, a very sound game. Alex Stalock is shutting down one of the best offenses in hockey. And it was a very impressive win, but again, it's just it's just very on brand for the furious rallies you like to call them to pull off something like this against a, a very good Lightning team who I think came in winning, having won like ten of their last eleven games. It's maddening too because even when Minnesota isn't good, they still can't help themselves but to say chaos. What do you mean chaos? We love this, the turmoil's here, and so we're going to win a game that everybody says we can't. Let's talk about some of the line construction moves we saw last night. How about this one? Victor Rask going from, well, let's go back in time. Timeline is what. Goes from playing fourth line in Calgary, played fourth line for much of this year. And a good game. Played a great game. So then on Sunday, last Sunday, the Wild plays host of the Vancouver Canucks, and Victor Rask is scratched so Ryan Donato can play center and Jason Zucker can come back. So that's okay. We said that's a little bit odd. That's too bad. But then last night, Victor Rask moved to the second line, and Miko Koivu, of all people, who has not played well, especially has not gotten points since coming back from a lower body injury, I think eight games ago now, demoted to the fourth line. What's your take on that? Well, I thought with Victor Rask going up to the top six and then playing Tampa Bay that we were starting to embrace the tank. I mean, that would be the logical solution. You were going around the office saying that. And I was putting out gifts of tanks throughout the entire wild game leading up to it because I thought they were embracing the tank. And actually, for what Boudreaux did, he had a very balanced effort in all the four lines. He rolled them out very equally. And even once I saw Victor Rask on the power play, the first unit too, I really thought, wow, we're going all in here. Bruce is waving the white flag, and they're going to lose 6 nothing. And judging how crazy that sports news cycle was, on uh, on Thursday, I really thought that Boudreaux's going to get fired. Why? Like, it, of course, it's going to be so on brand. To that degree, go or to that 
of that nature going into the game. Right. Although I was told by people who know that that was not ever going to happen if they lost. So I think, and you know what, I thought Victor Rask played all right last night. I, I really think he, he's been playing very well in his fourth line role, but this was a guy in Carolina who was very good, and I think probably, what's the word, he probably matured his stats a little bit playing on a bad Hurricanes team when he was a 20-goal scorer. You know, he, he was right. one of the better players on a really weak team. But... For him to go out and play in a top six role, I mean, that was really encouraging. I don't think it's shocking. I, yeah, I don't think it's going to be able. He's going to be able to do that all the time. But for Boudreau to trust him in that situation and throw him on the power play, I mean, he hadn't played the power play all season, and he's up there. And now the power play has been so broken for the Wild. Throw throw whatever you want against the wall and see if it sticks. But I, I was really impressed with how Rask played, and then for Koivu to play well in a fourth line role, we know how um, well, pouty he can get. For him to go out there and and play really well with the Ryan Hartman and Jordan Greenway. I thought was really encouraging for him, too. So it's interesting here in going to the score sheet as well. Rask played last night a total of 15 shifts, totaling 13.39. Koivu played actually 19 shifts and totaled a 14.17, and he would have been over 15 if he himself hadn't taken a penalty during the course of that game. Uh, nonetheless, this was a surprising move. I think it was the correct move. It also leads me down the path to wonder if, and I know you're going to be shocked by this, a Zolgad conspiracy theory for you here. If there is an attempt being made to say Victor Rask is playing so well, so very well, that he is a second-line player now, and, well, we wouldn't <laughs> want to have to trade him, but if you come and give us a seventh-round pick, we might. I just got – it seems to me – because it's so against everything this organization does mm -hmm. to take Miko Koivu and stick him on the fourth line. Think about this. This is a this is a franchise that worries, oh, is Devin Dubnik starting enough, right? <laughs> yeah. And is Zach Parisi going to be mad? So all of a sudden to take Miko Koivu, your captain, and put him on the fourth line and promote Rask, scratch Donato, I wonder if, and we've talked about this on Judd's Hockey Show a few times, I wonder if there is a last-ditch attempt being made to say, if you want to come make us an offer for Victor Rask, he's a second-line center now, I just I think there's more here than just saying, "Damn it, Victor Rask deserves this." I mean, I would conspiracy theory. I would just be shocked if if you were able to trade him straight up for a draft pick and for that team that's taking him on to retain all of his salary. He's on the books for two more seasons at four million dollars. I mean, I don't disagree I, it, with you. So I'm twelve, just saying... you're gonna owe this guy twelve million. You know, a, a lot of money over these next few seasons. And I think if you're gonna have to move him, you're gonna have to attach him to someone else, and you might even have to eat some of the salary. I think I told you on the last podcast, I I hate buyouts, and the Wild have been so crippled to buyouts in the last decade, going back to Mark Parrish. So I, I mean, I don't even want to go down that road. But if you can find a sucker, I mean, for God's sakes, Paul Fenton saw something in him, and it was able to trade away Nito Niederreiter for cap savings, and then he ended up taking on a pretty much damning contract, just like Niederreiter's is. So if you can find someone to package him with. And say, hey, you also have, you want Zucker? Well, you're gonna have to all stick on Victor Rask or whatever. I think that's the only way he really gets moved. Yep. But it, he's definitely playing an encouraging, encouraging style. And you know, teams in, at playoff time like a bottom six kind of forward. You know, that, and the one that probably interests me the most, whose value is rising as we speak, is Marcus Foligno's. I think with him starting to score goals, if this keeps up, I mean, you're gonna have no choice but to trade him. And that's a hard sell in the locker room. But if he continues to score. Oh. No. You have to. I'm going to tell you, you right have now. Have to listen. I, no, I'm going to tell you right now. This man is a phenomenal quote. If they trade him, I'm done. Oh, that, I, I think that's fine. I think they're not going to be too remiss. To what say a great quote. Yeah, he's he's a great guy in the locker okay, room. It's so, hard sell. So but. here, but here's the one. Here's the one thing about Rask. I want you to keep in mind as we have this discussion. This is a league where you've had seven teams so far in season 
fire head coaches, including Gerard Gallant, who, by the way, his team, I think they're back like in first place or something now. Yeah, I told you, the stupidest okay. thing Vegas did. Okay. I can't stand it. I want to you've lose. had two coaches who have been fired during the course of this season immediately get full-time jobs. So I don't think it's past the point of of realistic to think that there might be an idiotic GM. Like, this is not the brightest group of people here. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of people who have done something wrong because when you're – when you've got the moves that are made in this league, it just takes one stupid team to be like, yeah, Victor Rask is playing well. So that's my point there. Um, so we, we talked about on Judd's Hockey Show on Tuesday, the fact that uh, Michael Russo of The Athletic has floated the names, and these are just rumors, okay? Like, like this is speculation. This is not for reckless sure trades. Speculation. It's reckless speculation. Well, it's got some basis, but my point is these are not like trades that are going to be made today. Um, Pittsburgh Penguins are interested in Jason Zucker. The Carolina Hurricanes are interested in Jonas Brodeen, and that interest might have increased because Dougie Hamilton broke his fibula, I believe, yeah. last night. Huge loss for the for the Canes, who are a good team. And if I'm not mistaken, um, Russo also floated Marcus Foligno's name as being at least out there. Darren Drager, who is basically what? How, how can I put this? The Adam Schefter of Canada? Yeah, or one of close, them close. for the National Hockey League? Maybe like a Jason Stark or something. Okay. He floated on TSN's trade show that... Um, Matthew Dumba also could find his name involved in trade talks and could be moved. I'm not pro trading Dumba, but if somebody's going to come get him, I got to imagine the package is going to be pretty, pretty uh, attractive. So I'm somewhat surprised, but you know what? If you're Billy Guerin at this point, I can't blame you for taking all calls on this team because I like Dumba. It's not my first choice to trade him. He's a right-handed shot defenseman. They're hard to find. But that being said, if you get a return that bowls you over, I guess you might have to take it. I think Dumba's value is at an all-time low, but I think there's definitely a perception of him that he's still attractive on the market. And if if Gearin wants to listen to offers, by all means, do it. I just think moving a guy like Dumba or even Zucker, I think you, you might be more wiser to wait till July 1st, especially with Dumba. Dumba is is not scoring goals right now. He's snake bitten. He's still on the power play. He's he's trying out there. He just can't find can't find the net. And he's also though making six million dollars, and he doesn't have a no movement clause in his contract. So he's basically one of the only players who has that. So if you're the Wild, you do have to understand that going into next season, 2020-21, you can. I don't think you can roll with the current top four D that you have in place right now. Mm-hmm. So you can't roll with. Dumba, Brodeen, Suter, and Spurgeon. Suter and Spurgeon are locked into hefty prices. Brodeen's going to be entering a contract year next season. You're facing a very difficult dilemma, and if that means having to move Matt Dumba because he's more attractive and you can get more, then you have to do that. If I'm going to trade Dumba, I have to get more, more for Dumba than I would get for Brodeen, and, yeah. I, and I want a lot for Brodeen. You can still, I, I think, think that's fair. I think you can get a good amount for Brodeen. He, I, the perception of him among fans is he's just not a flashy player because he doesn't score goals. But I think he's extremely well respected in the league. And any team, he's not, he's a top four defenseman on any team in the NHL, bar none. I gotta imagine too, Dex, that if you are a contender, Brodine to you right now is more attractive than Dumba because the upside of Dumba down the road could be huge. We don't know. But if I'm talking about a guy that I'm going to plug in for the 2020 playoffs, Brodine's incredibly solid. Yes, he's not a sexy player, but he makes plays. If I get Dumba, I'm getting a guy who is going to make defensive mistakes. He might score some goals eventually, but but he's been so, to use your uh, term, snakebitten in 2019-20 that I don't know if that's going to happen this season. So 
the list of trade candidates for those players to me would be very different. Like if I'm Carolina, Toronto, or the Jets, yeah, having Dumba down the road might be awesome. But if I plug him in now, am I getting a struggling guy that can't score goals and might and might in a game six of a playoff series have a crucial uh, gaffe? Yes. Brodine, I don't think is that player. I think he's going to be solid. So I would be very curious to see who's pursuing both those players because it wouldn't seem to me to be the same team unless you just think to yourself, well, Dumbo's going to get here and play on the third pairing and score some power play goals. Especially if you're comparing the two. Obviously, Dumba's ceiling is clearly much higher than Brodine's, but his floor is in a basement. You know, like, like you know what you have in Brodine. Absolutely. Brodine's That's a rambler saying. house. Yeah, there got, isn't there isn't you don't really go up and you don't really go down. It's yep, one floor yep, and you know what you're getting. Yep. So so I think that's kind of where you're at when you compare the two. And also Brodine's cheaper. He's making four point one million for this season and next season. I, I think that also plays a lot in the factor of if you want to trade one of those two guys. Last thing for you, Alex Stalock starts last night. He faces uh, 20 shots from the lightning and uh, he stopped all but two. He made some brilliant saves. Can we please now? You know what? Here's the thing. The gloves are off, Bruce. If Koivu's going to go to the fourth line, which I'm guessing was a Bruce and Garen decision. Love it. But if you're going to do that, then rotate the goaltenders. For the love of God, just rotate them. No, Dubnik's hot. Let's start. He's our from- number one guy. What's He's that? our number one guy, Dubnik. He's our number one guy. Yeah, exactly. We've heard that forever. Exactly. That needs to we've stop. Heard it in the, we've heard it in the last week. That needs to stop. That needs to stop. And the second one struggles... I'm getting your guy up here, Capo, and he's playing too. Yeah, you have to figure out what you have in Capo. Well, and that's the one thing, and we we discussed this more in depth on uh, Judd's Hockey Show on Tuesday, which you can find. That's the one thing I really don't get. I don't get why you're not doing that right now. But anyway, if you're going to do this, Dubnik, Stalock. (laughs) And by the way, if Stalock gets hot, feel free to ride him. But I, honest to God, do not want to see Devin Dubnik start back-to-back games for the remainder of the season. Yeah, I think it should be pretty dang close to a 50-50 split at this point. No goaltender has earned any right to be out there for the majority of starts. Uh, I, I know Stalock has a very favorable contract. I know the expansion draft's coming up, and he's probably someone who's going to be exposed. But if, even if you're able to move, if someone wants Alex Stalock, if he goes on a run, just like Marcus Foligno right now is on a, on a nice offensive hot streak, if Stalock over the next month plays very well and someone wants to take a chance on him, by all means, do it. I'm I'm all for that. And again, because you got you have to see what you have in Capo Cochran down these last few months, because he is right now your goaltender of the future. And you don't really, in my opinion, for the Wild who are a development team, you don't take a big stab on a goaltender. You let you let the in-house guys figure it out. And Capo is your prospect right now of your goalie of the future. He might not be it, but we have to figure out exactly right. And Donato, play Donato. Quit the scratching and BS. If you have to sit Hartman, I don't care. Again, I don't care. I don't care about this year. Find out both those guys. Find out. Judd's Hockey Show. We're done. Pass, shoot, score.